0: and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. After last week's sea shanty intro, I don't think I'll do rhyming intros no more. It's episode number 224. That, i mean that is just uh to to to, to break the veil for everyone at off home. the cuff that was off the cuff that was off that was not cuff. prepared 30 seconds ago no and as <laughs> we said 30 seconds ago sea shanties is a dead now thanks to the bbc the bias broadcasting corporation eh biased against sea shanties. is that's what they are yeah
1: me- meme breakers <laughs>
0: Oh, dear. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Anyway, hello. It's hello from me, Chris Brammer, to you, Tom Thrower. How are you? I'm alive, just. Which is more than can be said for poor Tony Lloyd, who was set to join us and uh, text us at the last minute to say he's been poorly all day and so has gone back to bed. So we do wish him a happy recovery, should he... I don't know if you'll you'll listen to this as like, I'm in bed, I feel sick. Is this really what you want to listen to when you're feeling ill? Maybe. Depends on how the podcast goes, doesn't it, really? And it's going to be a fun one, Tom, because we've got two games to talk about. One (laughs) of them involving six goals. The other one only including half the number of goals, so that one's not as good. But either way, Stoke did not come away with many points in this last week as we drew... 3-3 3-3 away at Rotherham after me and Tony waxed lyrically about always enjoying games <laughs> against Rotherham. So we were 3-3 and then we lost to Watford on a Friday night on the glamorous Sky Sports TV. Oh, It's been... Let me just give you a fact, Tom. We have won twice in the last 14 games. Um, Now I'm just trying to not fret about it because... I believe that this is a process, and I—it's not that—it's not that I don't care, but I also really don't because where <laughs> we finish, because because where we finish this season, as long as we're not relegated and as long as it's above fifteenth, I consider it progress. Um, I'm not sure the rest of Stoke fans would agree with my limited. Um, requirements for happiness on football what would you be happy with tom and how do you feel after those two games um you've just i mean you're we're we're literally
1: um a a green shoots of recovery away from this being a podcast about last season and nathan jones don't say that there's no there's no wins you've just said the word process Um. I I was thinking, I was sat thinking that it is, it's obviously there's massively different context, circumstances, and everything, but it is weirdly similar, Mm. like oddly similar. But is
0: that frightening? because we know how it ended with Nathan Jones. George on Twitter says, how do we stop bottling these games where we're on top? Now, <clears throat> I'm worried that we're doing that... Uh, doing Sorry, we're doing what we did under Nathan Jones, albeit clearly different circumstances. And now, I mean, we'd be remiss to point out there are some people who are... I don't think there's anyone who's saying that Michael O'Neill has to go. No, no way, whatever. But I do think that perhaps the sheen and happiness of... Uh, the beginning of the season has has worn off. The honeymoon period's worn off, hasn't it? And so people are noticing that it's not all amazing stuff. We are every now and again there are some choices that are a bit weird. Um, yeah, but how how do you stop how do you stop me, me from becoming a worrier, Tom? Why not just 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 accept everything.
1: There's nothing you can do. <laughs> like we're not at games. It's not real football. Um at the start of the season we probably had some overperformance that made us look better than we are. We're now probably suffering from a bit of underperformance that makes us look worse than we are. And we're that nice happy goldilocks porridge in the middle really of like just being okay. And that's mm. it's okay to be okay. But are we okay? Like yeah,
0: we're okay. We're not we're not better than okay. Probably not worse than okay. Let's uh, let's Let's chat about the, the Friday night against Watford because I did think from a lot of that first half we were by far the better team and what let us down was just our inability to really create a worthwhile chance and our ability to put chances away. This isn't anything new. We've been saying that <laughs> for God knows how long. Um, it, I tell you, as, as a side point, something that really worries me is just how much hope is put on Tyrese Campbell because everyone while he was play, when he was playing granted he was really he was good but a lot of people recognize that he's a young player who's still needing to improve he was going through a rich vein of form and yeah great i now worry that because everyone is rightly or wrongly under the impression that we are playing badly because we no longer have a good striker in Tyrese Campbell um, that when he does come back, there is going to be a world of expectation upon us to be suddenly transformed with him in the team. And that kind of frightens me because he's not going to come back and suddenly everything's going to be amazing, right? Um,
1: I mean, uh, I, yeah, it, it, it isn't guaranteed. But I do feel that one of the things that is massively overlooked in football is um, Oddly enough, not by the Statsy people, because I feel they have an awareness that football's more than just about the numbers that you put forward. And like, there's those intangibles and things like momentum and how one little tweak can change the game. So if you do have a player like Tyrese Campbell who can put away chances when you're on top of a game, it makes it 10 times more difficult for the opposition to to, to, to go on and exist. So yeah, I feel... Um, that 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 was what we lacked against Watford. Um, my serene, relaxed self um, is probably um, sort of hides what my actual reaction to the Watford match was. I was really, 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 really pissed off. It was the first time in ages where I've watched a Stoke match and just been angry—not at—not at Stoke, not at O'Neill, not at anything other than just the fact that we we conspired to lose that game. Mm-hmm. They had, they had two chances um, one of which ends up with them getting a penalty weirdly exactly the same penalty situation i.e. goalkeeper scrambling after a ball fouling striker as happened in the previous Watford match yeah and a pop shot from the best footballer in the championship um a- and we dominated for the other 85 minutes and it's really fucking annoying that that happened and we yeah. didn't win.
0: No, it, yeah, it, I. You know what? I I agree completely. Like that I I was annoyed watching that game because, um, it was, yeah, like like we we played we played for the most part well. I don't think that, I don't think it was a case of we particularly created anything amazing. But I thought we were we were quite comfortable whilst Watford were pressing us for for once it we didn't crumble when passing the ball around and we did seem to be able to hold on for it for a, for a little bit. I still think midfield is a massive question in this team right now. Um, I, I, I think just to, to hop
1: onto that, I feel like they all can't do their main function. Yeah. So, so Mikel is i tar- I'm not even going to be nice. Mikel's a passenger when we're out of possession and we're defending. He's often too slow to fill in the gaps that the pressing two in front of him fill in, and he's too slow to recover when the ball's played in behind him. Um, and then equally Alan and Klukas at the minute aren't creating enough. Um, clearly, clearly against Watford more so than in our past two games. There is a focus on those two getting chances in the box, popping up and getting chances. Alan missed another one of those ones that I want to call a sitter and if it fell to okay. a striker I'd call it a sitter but I'm trying yeah. to be nice to Joe Allen and <laughs> Klukas again just didn't didn't do it and and they're all fine in the other phase so I think Mikel's fine when we're in possession he moves it around okay he doesn't get caught on the ball like he was doing at the start of the season and both Alan and Klukas are great out of possession work hard but the disjoints between the two just means it's a, just a big empty hole with, with no purpose to it.
0: Is, is it a case of, are they, are they players who are going through just a, a, a bad patch? I mean, Joe Allen is in defense of Joe Allen. He is still like, he's not played a, a lot of football in a very long time. And he, again, he's a player who there's an ex, a sort of expectation that he comes back into the squad. It raises our game a little bit. And, takes a while for for someone to get back into the the rhythm of things. Uh, Kalucas, yeah, I he's just not having a good season for us. It's just a very an odd one. Um, but it does it frustrates me that O'Neill persists, especially with McKell, because I thought like the fact that Jordan Cousins hasn't been because hasn't been getting more frequent opportunities when he was playing so well earlier in the season. I just you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, do you? But I just do wonder—is it, it strikes me—and this could be based on nothing, but the, it's quite clear that Klukas, Allen and Mikel will be our big earners in that midfield. And so it wouldn't surprise me that there is a sort of expectation that they're the one, they're the they're the first choice people in those positions. Um, but then I don't know. Maybe I'm just silly. Would, question: Would you?
1: I, I think it's quite something that I'm, this is my, my question's got lost in what I'm trying to explain, but it'll come eventually. The question is basically, <laughs> and I can't find a good way to phrase it, so I'm just going to ask the, the raw ingredients. Would you rather have a midfield three of Mikel sat behind Clucas and Allen, or would you rather have a midfield three of a double, a double pivot of the Jordans, Thompson and Cousins, <laughs> behind Nick Powell? I think the answer is blatantly obvious that it's the second I, one. I,
0: I, well, so do I. So do I. But I don't know if that's purely because <laughs> because the the current one is clearly not working. But I think putting Nick Powell in that number ten spot is where he is most successful. And I, I yeah, I even think with players like
1: Allen has looked ten times more comfortable in a double pivot than he has um either sat holding on his own or um asked to play that box to boxy late runs into the box kind of vibes. Mm. I, I just feel, and I'm saying this, I'm sure you could probably go back in podcasts and find me sort of taking the piss out of people who were earlier in the season demanding we play four, two, three, one. But I just feel like um our players all suit it. Nick Powell's clearly a number 10 and as number 10 he's probably one of the best number tens in the league. Um McLean seems to be much more comfortable as a winger in an attacking midfield three rather than an attacking forward three. Um, the midfielders all seem to be much better when they've got a whole, two holding midfielders who know that they have to sit with each other rather than this letting Mikel and Klukas be 10 miles away from each other, which I think Sky highlighted for, for their first goal, for the, for the build-up to the move that created that. Uh, and I, I I understand, I totally sympathise with Michael O'Neill and understand that his idea is to go with a four three three and that it can be flexible and blah 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 blah. But I
0: I'd really like to see Nick Powell's like <laughs> 10. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I just I again this is and this I tried to say that this isn't a criticism of O'Neill, but I just don't see him ditching his, his idea. Um which kind of is annoying. Um but then, and the annoying
1: <sighs> thing with that for me is that I feel like we've been here before.
0: Yes, we we yes. went
1: through all of this last season as well.
0: Yeah, of O'Neill
1: yeah. being like 4 3, that's what we're going to do. And then it became, oh, well, actually, Alan and Lucas can sit behind Powell and I can play Campbell on the wing. And oh, that's better. Mm. <sighs>
0: mm. Mm. As an, I
1: don't
0: know. It's yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, now we have some, some new faces in the team. Um I thought that the Watford game I thought uh Jack Clark looked a lot more um dynamic on that right-hand side than uh than any other player we've had to play there <laughs> in recent weeks. Um he he certainly looks like a player who can potentially cause some issues for opposition players. Um we who else who else have we got we got oh, both- with real what? nuclear, real
1: nuclear disarmament at left yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, bloody good. He is,
0: isn't he? And he's indestructible as well. He's he got he st- stamped on by Troy Deeney and lived. Yeah, he, he, he lived to tell <laughs> the tale. So, so I do think that once some of these new younger players are like up to speed and stuff, we may, we can see a bit of an improvement. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful of that. Anyway, the Rotherham game oh that was fun wasn't it that was was that a case of just a bad day at the office for several players it was weird wasn't it
1: we've come through our past three games where you go from first 60 minutes against Blackburn holy shit where's this team been for the past month (laughs) needed them Nick Powell goes off oh my god what's a football don't give it to me um same carried on until McLean and Clark come on against Rotherham
0: I, and then and then again against Watford we look quite good. it's that it's that two this Schrodinger Stoke we've I think we've mentioned <laughs> it before where it is just you do not know what stoke you can get even in even in the case of one match you can have two completely opposite Stoke performances. it's quite frustrating and quite insane and it it does um. Beg, beg the question of how on earth do you improve consistency within a squad? Because I don't know. Um, but, as I say, young players are coming in. We, uh, who, who did we buy this week, Tom? What's it? Uh, da, 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 a young boy. A, a, a child. Alfie, Alfie a, from Charlton. A literal child. He <laughs> does we very did. much look we like a child, child. Who apparently comes um, with a lot of... But he, he comes with some good um, some a good reputation, which leads me on to a, a more uh, what's the what's what's the word I'm looking for? A more Yes, a question. Um, and I can't remember who it was who I engaged with on on Twitter who who said um about his pr- promotion being the aim next season. And in in my I want to ask you this, Tom, because in my head, like. Not that this season's a write-off, but this season is all about progression of la- on last season. Even next season, I am not predicting that we are a promotion contender. I think that it is still it's a very slow rebuild job, and I think that if you look at the players we're getting in, these young players. Granted, some of these players have come in on loan, but the players we've been buying are young. And it would suggest to me that this is a long term project to try and build a squad rather than it being a case of well, next season we're gonna be Essentially I'm worried that people are gonna be very bitterly disappointed if they're expecting us to be like chasing old promotion next season because I don't think we're gonna be. Uh yeah,
1: I I agree pretty much wholeheartedly. I think The first eight, the championship coming down into it and sort of paying attention to what the other clubs are doing and have done, it seems like you have 18 months where you are are entitled to treat yourself as, if you aren't putting good performances together, if you're going five games without a win, we can call for your head because we should be performing. Once you pass that 18-month threshold... I think it's super dangerous to think like that, especially mm. with FFP, where it seems like that now that the the wage cap has been rejected, we aren't going to be able to go out and spend transfer money. You do need to very quickly pivot towards sustainability. Um, mm. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, I think we've said here like hundreds of times, who gives a shit? Do you really yeah. want to go back to the Premier League? Like, yes, of course, I want us to do well, win the league, uh, do the best we can this season. But I don't
0: miss the Premier League at all. No, not, not,
1: no. Not, 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 an ounce.
0: No, like this is the thing. I would happily win. I would happily do well in this division and like win the league. But I'm, I'm not fussed on the reward of that situation, if honest. And that's why I'm kind of. I would much rather see us put together a team that a team that grows together and a team that I can feel somewhat attached to rather than putting together a, a an expensive squad that goes up but isn't good enough to go and do anything and goes back down and then gets in the mire financially and I think I think you're completely right financial fair play is put us in a position where we really need it, it's it's slow and steady progress the focus is getting some of the big hitters off the wage bill and that is taking a long time and until until but until the likes of kevin vimmer have been released and a has been bought and and whoever else until these players who are quite clearly on big wages are, are gone there isn't much we can do apart from invest in players who are seeing us as a step up and or, or players who not that doesn't necessarily mean young players like there'll be like players like Stephen Fletcher who see us as a no offense to Sheffield Wednesday but potentially a step up from them in terms of closer to achieving something um so, because so, we are, because we are an attractive, uh, we are an attractive club. I do find it funny in every single interview with a player, they're like, "Oh yeah, Stoke's Stoke's a big club. They're they're a Premier League club, and it's I I understand that those are the those are the the talking points that they clearly yeah, have that's to what hit." their agent
1: any... has said to them ten yes. times. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but but there but there is that like we are we we still have that buzz around oh they were in the premier league not that long ago you know this you know the name of this club they have a bit of a bit of pedigree about them and so we are an attractive proposition for players to come to but they are players who are seeing us as a step up in their career um at the moment because we can't we can't afford to go and um, spend loads on loads of players uh, and to be to be fair i think pretty much everyone every stoke fan is on board with that idea i think everyone recognizes the position we're in um i don't i don't think anyone is unrealistically thinking that we need to be like splashing the cash and, and pushing in the league i think i think some people are disappointed in our recent performances and right rightly so and i do think that some people took early early positions and thought that, oh yeah we we're, we're Going to challenge for the playoffs and are now disappointed with that. But I don't think anyone is seriously looking at this squad and thinking, "Yeah, we." I mean, you do hear people say, "Oh, on paper we've got one of the best squads." But I don't think anyone realistically watches. Yeah, like, do we look at this? Look at this squad and tell me, and t- like, look at the, look at this squad, right? And I love this squad; they're, they're brilliant. But if we take a squad like ours and we look at who's who's Brentford, I think, is a good example.
1: Yeah. Compare this squad with Brentford's squad over the past four seasons. Mm. And notice how Brentford do in those seasons, that it's been a fight for them. And Mm. even last season, getting to the playoff final and scuppering it. And realise that those squads are way better than this one still. Yeah, Yeah, we've got potential in this squad. It can grow. But but but, but maybe that's okay. Maybe it's okay to I'm not 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 saying we are going to be Brentford with their specific recruitment strategy, but we've definitely moved to a new one. Um, would you take um, having good players come in who maybe, if they play really well for a few seasons, move on before the club can move on? Would you take that? I think I would, over what I... we've
0: had over chasing, chasing tails and, and well, it's just desperation. Well, it's interesting you say that because I feel that that is definitely the route we're going to go. And if rumours circulating in the press are to be believed, Nathan Collins is one of the first players to be looked at by the likes of Arsenal and Burnley at a rumoured £10 million, which to me is not enough for a player of... With the market the way it is it's kind of i feel it would be very difficult for us to get more because clubs just do not really have the money to spend but it kind of seems unfair when what 18 months prior clubs were buying players with high potential for you could you could easily add another 5 10 million onto that price for a young up up and coming defender cuz let's be honest i think nathan collins does have a career beyond this beyond the level he's playing at now. He he will go on to be a, a Premier League defender, I think anyway. Um he's still very young, of course, but I do what was that? What was that? what was my point? Oh, my point was <laughs> my point was that it's quite clear we, we have these young players who are assets who real we're probably gonna sell one or two of these. And and that will probably be disappointing for people as well because they'll want to look to build a squad. But I think we are gonna see a few players go if they play well and and that's also okay that is also okay because like without i hate the the business of football but transfer revenue is going to be a very vital way of sustaining the club and if we can sell one prized asset and reinvest that in several other young players then so be it i yeah. mean how much have we spent on transfers this season a minimal amount and that's the thing
1: with the good position of our club we aren't hemorrhaging cash we know we know we're sustainable in that sense but that that fee you can get for a for a collins for a campbell for a suitor for a please if you're a premier league scout stop listening to the words i'm saying (laughs) um can can fund an entire transfer window can fund you can fund you going off and getting, uh, like Brentford have done, can fund you going and getting uh, an Ollie Watkins from lower down, but being able to offer him more than your competitors or a, uh, who's the lad they signed from France? Um, Boemo, uh, and, mm. and you can throw that cash around, which is what they've done now and are now have sort of, it seems they've made a tilt with signing but that like, is, and co.
0: But that's a, that's, I think, I, I remember not the Top 20 podcast like saying there are there there are some like teams who an owner will come in and they will be a very wealthy owner and they will buy a championship club and they will gamble on getting up to the Premier League they'll spend big and in the hope that this gamble will pay off the p- positives of that is like a wolves you may do it and you may sustain yourself in the Premier League awesome on the flip side to that, you have a Sheffield Wednesday who the gamble did not pay off, and now they are in real turmoil because of that gamble. On the flip side to that, you then have clubs like you've just mentioned Brentford, who, granted, have not their their progress is slower, but what they are doing is they are creating a sustainable model where slowly but surely they buy players, they improve those players, they sell those players for bigger fees that then they can reinvest those bigger fees on slightly better players and so it's a steady progression but I think that that's got to be the model we have to follow because we can't
1: yeah and I, th- I think there's a there's a third example um that I can think of which is specifically very close to to the to the cuff with us is is sort of the middlesbrough uh, model where you have the the owner who's very well respected by everyone in football who is um, doing well and just gets to a point where they say, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. But in that final go, throw a load at it. Um, and with Burra, it didn't pay off with Pulis. But then then you get to the end stage of that, which is you have a squad which isn't necessarily in turmoil, but is just a mess, which is almost where we are. And that's where I'm really thankful that we seem to have finally gone down this new direction uh, because it looks like there's a future rather than a manager coming in every 12, 18 months and you eventually get to a squad where you've had three, four cycles of that and you have a series of players who aren't really interested in being at the club and a bunch of kids. And it's like, fuck, what'd you do?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've, do you know what Tom? Whenever we, whenever it's a podcast of just you and me, I do feel we just end up talking about the inner workings of the club a lot more than we do the actual games that have been played that week. But I blame the games. I, oh, this is it! Like how Stoke play better, so we don't have to talk about you. How? Uh, yeah, like there, there isn't too much to really talk about, which is mad to say. One was a three-three draw, but. Um, he's the dullest 3 three draw you've ever seen yeah yeah, it really was um ollie walton on twitter says was cousins unfairly dropped or do you think he still isn't quite what we need in front of the back four um both of those things can be true so yeah i think he was unfairly
1: dropped i don't think mccall's done anything to warrant being ahead of him but yeah i don't think jordan cousins is a holding midfielder to get you in a starting holding midfielder to get you into the
0: playoffs uh paul then on twitter says obi Mikel yes or too slow i think his passing is top notch but he is too slow to tackle so equally i would probably say with that he also is not fit enough to sit in front of the back four and so my question then tom is who, who should sit in front of the back four
1: uh, ben Pearson, just because we need more shithousery in our oh, team, it's... and he's available on free at the end of the year.
0: Uh Noll says, given the age of our first team in new signings, what method of disposal would you propose for players once they reach 30? <laughs> did we find that cannon that we had to Charlie <laughs> Adams? <laughs> it it's funny, though, because we do... We've we've bought a lot of young players, but then we did buy a lot of 30-year-olds as well. It's, it is like... <laughs> O'Neill wanted them to be surrounded by veterans. To yeah, we were banned make... from signing peak age players. <laughs> yeah, either yeah, yeah. past or before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, James <laughs> at Stoke. James says Jack Clark is a very good footballer, and that was just his point. And yeah, yeah. yeah. ah. <sighs> <sighs> uh, it's just yes. Um, Stokey mummy. What a good name. Says the last few games we've played well, but have lost or drawn. Earlier in the season we would have picked up more points, but didn't particularly play that well, I think. What's your thoughts? Um I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty in a tweet you've summarised exactly this podcast, <laughs> I think. Stokey Mummy. Like that is yeah, we're not we haven't played particularly badly, but we're just not in a rich runner form. I suppose the question is how long does this continue in this way without uh, without people losing patience? How long do you predict people can keep their patience, Tom? I mean,
1: by some. I'm of glad the they're not in the ground. By 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 some of the baiting reactions of our younger Twitter fan base. Um... Not very long.
0: Why? What have they done? What have they done? I don't follow children.
1: Neither do I, but you know, you hear things. Um, And I I think Stoke Football Twitter uh, did a bit of piss taking to suggest that that we needed to sack Michael (laughs) O'Neill and hire Paul Cook.
0: Oh, okay. Which, (laughs) not that Paul Cook's a bad manager and I'd be happy for him to be Stoke manager, but. That is that is quite that is quite funny you have reminded me speaking of um, uh, the 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 young the young people um and he's not young but I mean he is uh, I, I don't know if you saw this uh Harvey FCFC who does uh YouTube stuff with Stoke uh, if you're aware of him is uh, a really n- nice sound guy he did a thing uh which of the following would you choose Tom? Playing Call of Duty Warzone with Tyrese Campbell and Josh Tymon. Cooking with Nick Powell. A workout with James McLean. Chilled out coffee with Jordan Cousins. Golf with Sam Clucas, Or a countryside walk with Harry Suter and his puppies. Which one would you go for? Fuck. That's, That's really difficult. I think See, see I'm really young... torn
1: between... Go on. I'm going to start, okay. Yeah, I'm torn between um, um, cooking with Nick Powell because I think that would be a nice experience. We could maybe have a, a nice dinner together.
0: Um,
1: or, or just having a nice chilled out coffee with Jordan Cousins would be really they're all, lovely. They're the
0: way, the, way the way I'm thinking of them now, they're <laughs> all just... <laughs> it's all Alan Partridge, isn't it, with his... Oh. <laughs> War Warzone retirees Campbell and Josh Timmer, <laughs> youth hosteling with Chris Euback. Yeah, you know, it's it's all that. I feel re- I, f- I mean Josh Timmer replied to it and said everyone should be playing Warzone with him, which I think is hilarious. Um, I am now far too old for first person shooter games. Uh, I do not have the reaction speed, and so I can't choose that because it would be embarrassing. Um. <laughs> I So, so no golf. I can't play. Um, workout. Have you seen the shape of me? No, you. <laughs> yeah, you uh, would be killed <laughs> if you didn't work. We
1: both of us would. I think most yeah. normal people would be murdered by James McLean yeah. on half of his workout.
0: I think obviously in a COVID safe. Environment. Obviously, obviously, Conor McGregor didn't have the best of weekends, but I do think that him and James McLean would probably be. They could probably spar together, couldn't they? Be... Do you think they'd
1: get? Do you think they'd get like a a, a gone fishing type series in twenty years time on
0: oh, Irish TV? That'd be awesome. Would, I'd love it? that. Yeah. No one's no one's put like a, a gone. <laughs> there's, where's the gone fishing uh, <laughs> option here, Harvey? <laughs> cooking with Nick, Cooking with Nick Powell because that just brings back memories of that thing that. What, oh, what ordered, about it? Yeah. Get, Guess Who with Boyan and, and Mark Monjeza? Yes. Let's play that again. <laughs> oh. Oh, Christmas oh, tree
1: decorated.
0: It's just, yeah. <laughs> but that was, I mean, uh, there's, yeah, I read those and felt really old. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. No, this, I'm just old now. <laughs> I really like the idea of going for a Going for a countryside walk with with the dogs. dogs. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, it sounds lovely. Or cooking. What would what would Nick Powell cook? Do you think?
1: I don't know. Something that you wouldn't expect, but it would be unbelievably amazing.
0: Yeah. He'd like come. He, he'd be like, oh, because I think on the when you look at him, I like, I think, and this is no disrespect to you, Nick Powell, but I think he looks like the type of person who, I like. He likes just pub grub. That's and, what he looks like. Yeah. That's what he looks like. But then he'd come and he'd cook you like a French tarty flat or something. I think he'd be the kind of person who like you'd
1: get to you'd get to their house and he'd be like, I- I've totally had no time to get anything in, I'm just gonna rustle through the cupboards and just make something and then and then presents like an amazing three course meal for you <laughs> and you're like that's oh, just like rustled you. from the cupboards.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very, that's very Nick Powell, isn't it? Yeah, it is. yeah. So yeah, what, what would you what would you all do, listener? Warzone with Tyrese and Josh Tymon, Uh cooking with Nick Powell, workout with James McLean, a chilled out coffee with Jordan Thompson, golf with Clucas, or a countryside walk with Souter and his dogs. It's I mean, or another option. Youth hosteling with Joe Allen, <laughs> maybe.
1: I'm going to riff off the. Actually, I'm going to quickly riff off the, the the coffee making because I think you said Jordan Cousins first, and now you said Jordan Thompson. So now I'm thinking it's, uh, it's oh, a it's no, a full no, sorry. on it's a no, but it's a full on outside the Jords tents, outside Clayton Woods, <laughs> yeah. on a on a yeah, yeah. post. Sort of, you've all been on a bit of a walk, and oh. now you've settled down at the camp and and the Jords and the Jords. Uh, And you're all together over the trans, you're making a nice coffee.
0: Duke of Edinburgh Award with the (laughs) Jords. That's what it is. Duke of Edinburgh Bronze Award with the Jords. Love it. Let's do that. That sounds good fun. (laughs) There's There's an episode title for you right there. Oh, man. Cool. Cool. So, well, yeah, I thought that that would just be a little bit of nice fun to do amidst the. Uh, talk of what's the meaning of football that we always <laughs> seem to do when Tony or Dave or whatever can't come on an episode. Tom, mm-hmm. ah, it's all good fun. Is there any business you'd like to bring up? Um, no, in, in which case, then great. Uh, well, let's finish this podcast here then. Um, dear listener, thank you very much for getting this far through our ramble. Uh, if you <laughs> Don't follow us on the social medias. I, I don't know why I say this, because literally, you pro- that's how you probably found out about us. And I'm not really bothered about expanding the listenership. If you didn't, tweet that, because that that'll be something to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just give us anything to talk about let's be honest this, <laughs> this season is really proving a problem <laughs> but yes uh, if you don't follow us on socials uh, you'll find us wizards of drivel um we are also available for subscription on the I- itunes and all the <laughs> podcast places and spotify and, and that's nice so just give us a do you know what we haven't asked for in a while a review I mean, and you don't have to. No one needs to. But if you give us a nice review on iTunes, it does sometimes help increase the visibility of a podcast, which is which is great. But as I say, I'm not really bothered about getting any more listeners. <laughs> I'm quite happy with the ones we got. <laughs> so it's nice. We have a nice community here of people. It's not toxic. It's not the oatcake forum, oh. by the way. <sighs> That was a question someone asked. They asked us about why, it, uh, where, where is it? Why are people on the oatcake reaction morons most of the time? <laughs> now listen, now listen. As much as we dive on the oatcake, you know, whatever, it is a place with. It's a forum. This isn't. Right. Fan forums are the worst place. They just are. And I've been involved in fan forums for many things wrestling and politics and stoke and they're all awful they're all full of people who just throw stupid stuff and opinions because that's how you get a a conversation going on a forum no one's gonna start by me no one's gonna have a big conversation on a forum through nice thought out positions i'm afraid that's just as it is however (laughs) if you would like to join a forum uh wreck it rob of uh one grumpy ginger fame did message me to tell me that a new stoke city forum named the booth and has opened up uh, it is essentially trying to create an alternative forum to the oatcake. so for anyone who is uh, maybe disenchanted with the Oatcake cake or just wants to meet some different people and chat about stoke um <laughs> I'm saying this after slacking off forums. <laughs> well, uh, this one will be you, different. Uh, it, it might be. It might be. But uh, yeah, that is the booth and end.co.uk. It is a relatively new Stoke City forum. So try it out. It might be. It might be lovely. And and it's young. So maybe you can go and influence its its place. Spread cultural Marxism. I don't know. Do what you want. Really. <laughs> oh, madness. Absolutely madness. Um. Yeah, I have nothing else to say. Nothing at all. Long long live the revolution. Viva la revolution. Exactly. Exactly that. And on, on this weekend, where we remember the 97th anniversary of the death of Comrade Lenin, we will end this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you have a lovely week. And we will see you next week after we play... Huddersfield, I believe we continue our Yorkshire tour. Um, great fun! I, what last minute? What do you think, Tom? Are we gonna get anything against Huddersfield? Um, who who cares? Who cares about football?
1: Watch out for what color chinos Carlos Corberan is wearing.
0: <laughs> and if that doesn't summarize this podcast in a nutshell, I don't know what will. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there, and as always, go on Stoke.